High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Crossing to Israel, to Raleen Marks for the first of our Israel reports this morning. Raleen Marks, good morning. How are you? Good morning. A heavy day here in Israel, Howard. As, uh, we've just passed half past six. It is the 7th of February. We mark four months since that horrific, horrific Saturday. And uh, I didn't think of that. It is uh, just six. It's 6.39 now. This would have, it all started around about 6.30, didn't it? It all started around 6.30. You know, I don't think I'll ever forget that Saturday. What time did you hear that there, what, what time did you hear in Israel that something was going on? Well, as you know, I'm up to feed the beast very early in the morning, and by beast I mean cat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had gotten ready to make coffee and sit and watch Game of Thrones. Yes, you can judge me. I love it. That's my thing. Let it go. And at about half past six, my phone started to go absolutely berserk with rocket alert. And I recall saying to my husband, either something is happening or the app is malfunctioning and he said you know what we, we we're not really expecting anything but something could happen at any time it's probably what we've already gone through uh many many times mm, mm. and then we started to hear the bangs around where we mm. are in in, in Modi Inn, and we realized something very very serious was up and we switched to the news as i think everybody started to and as the day unfolded we started to see the footage coming in from nova we started to see the footage coming in from sterot from gaza and by the end of the day the country was at war at the end of that day we had only uh, had confirmation of 250 people uh, murdered and uh, we were devastated as a country. I recall not sleeping that night, but just lying in my bed and crying my heart out. It's just incredible how uh, the news started to to come through, uh, even here where uh, where it was. Uh, you know, many of us. I I happened to notice my phone, um, which was next to my bed when I was getting ready for for shul. Uh, I didn't pick it up, but I just saw something about steroids and rockets. And and the the terrible thing is, you know, I just saw it flash, and then I didn't pick up my phone, uh, but. Like my my thought was very dismissive, you know, more rockets in Starot. Okay, unfortunately, that's kind of what what Israel has lived with, and it was only once I I got to the shul where the members of the community security told me that something really big was going on, but it was it's, it's just a day that I don't think anybody will ever forget. And it's important we keep speaking about it, especially in South Africa, where I, I think that there is a concerted effort by elements of the media to shield South Africans from what happened that day and, and to only present one side. Uh, and uh, we were barely given 24 hours of global empathy, Howard, and before Israel had even retaliated, uh, we were already being condemned. We saw what happened in, in London, and in uh, and in and in Sydney, and we need to keep speaking about it. We do in, indeed. It's uh, absolutely vital that we do. Also, terrible news yesterday: uh, uh, Israel announcing that so many of the hostages are considered dead. How does 
is this just a number, not just a number, God forbid, but is this a number based on a calculation or is this a number related to specific incidents that they know about? It's related to specific incidents that they know about. And I tell you how I know that because the families of these 32 hostages uh, that the New York Times yesterday reporting according to Israeli intelligence sources uh, have been confirmed murdered and uh, the families have been notified. So uh, what we know is that our intelligence and uh, we do have, despite what happened on the um, 7th of October, our intelligence community working uh, extra hard, not just to, to find out what has happened to all our hostages uh, and, of course, to play a very important role in Israel's security, but also to regain the trust of the Israeli people. We know they, work, they are working around the clock and, and identifying through various mechanisms through uh, human intelligence, through full uh, footage, through uh, what is being picked up in Gaza that obviously is not for the public domain. But we do know that this has been confirmed by Israeli intelligence. We don't know which hostages they are, but it is a horrific, horrific uh, and devastating blow, not just to the families, of course, whose agony Mm. We cannot even comprehend, but to the, the, the people of Israel and I think to, to the whole Jewish world and our allies, because it's also very important not to forget we have many allies around the world. We tend to forget that. We must not forget that. Indeed, the hostage deal seems to have taken a step back with Hamas coming back and saying, well, it's got to be a permanent ceasefire, which is actually a a bold-faced lie because they've stated repeatedly that they will perpetrate October the 7th over and over and over again. So really, they're just saying they want more time. They're not saying, they're saying ceasefire permanently, but they're saying they want more time. Either way, is this, does this mean the end to this particular negotiation? Well, what we know about Hamas is uh, that they are the world's best manipulators. And I always say to people, because, because you know, we, we have this uh, inevitable fight uh, on, on social media, I always say to people, don't believe me, that's fine, I don't really care. But listen to Hamas in their own words. And once you hear Hamas in their own words, you cannot dispute what their in, in, intentions are. And their intentions are the genocide of the Jewish people. And when they're finished with us, they're coming for uh, the Christian people next. That is that is clearly stated. First the Saturday people, then the Sunday people. So we are under no illusions that we are dealing with anybody who wants a permanent ceasefire. Bearing in mind Hamas have rejected previous ceasefires. But what we know is that yesterday the Qataris said that it looked positive. Uh, Hamas saying they want a complete and utter end to the war. Uh, President Biden saying their reaction is completely over the top ridiculous. Yeah, so it's very concerning, I would imagine, for the families of the hostages hearing that kind of news and then just seeing that the deal is perhaps slipping further away. The one thing I also wanted to ask you on a more positive note is about Eurovision. 
who apparently well, Israel it's has the chosen. Time of the year. Yeah, and but it's interesting that Israel is even participating in it. I know there's a push uh, to boycott Israel there, but it's it, it it just keeps going back to that phrase that I find so powerful: "We will dance again." And then I keep, then I think about Eurovision. It's such a I have such so many conflicts about this. Just give me your thoughts and tell me what's happening with Eurovision. Well, pour the wine, everybody. It's time for the annual festival of cheese, and don't we love it? We have Eden Golan. She is 20 from Tel Aviv. She will be representing us with a song called Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Uh, and uh, and also, uh, rumor has it, a, a Hebrew song. So she has uh, gone on. She has been wearing her yellow ribbon for the hostages, and she said, I was born in Israel and I want to stand in front of all of Europe and raise up our nation and she's certainly doing that and uh, Scandinavian countries if you are so threatened by a 20 year old woman singing the, uh, a cheesy cheesy song uh, there is something fundamentally wrong with you mm, mm. And, uh, and look Israel's also got a, an Israeli I think representing Luxembourg which I thought is also very very cool either way we've, talk, we've spoken way too long Rolene I don't even know what's happened here <laughs> but they're shouting at me in studio that's Rolene Marks with the first Israel report of the morning it is 6.48 I'm Howard Feldman good morning